Yes, people, it's the proper podcast. Welcome back. How are we all doing? We hope you're doing well. I'm joined by the chaps, Kaya and Johnny B. And yes, we're going to give you a double fucking blinding show once again. We promise you that. And if we don't deliver, you can leave and never come back to us again. And we'll say fucking sorry. But we promise we'll deliver you a blinding show anyway. So yes, we're going to be talking about a bit of Mungia and Ryder on the weekend. A blinding win for Mungia. We're going to be talking about the Crocker figure its card as well. A very good win for Crocker, but maybe a little bit of controversy in there as well. And also, we'll be talking about this week. It's fight week, baby. A double header. We've got a bit of Buatzi Aziz, a bit of Connor Ben and Peter Dobson. Nobody knows who the fuck he is, but still, it's a double header. <laughs> who knows which one you're going to choose to watch? Because, well, I'd imagine a few people are going to go Buatzi Aziz more so than Connor Ben because he's fighting a binman, but still... Yes, it's a double header. They're on at the same time, so it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but it is what it is. On that card as well, the Connor Ben card, we've got the Ron Football. And on the Buatzi Aziz card, we've got Ben Whitaker and Adam Azim. So, yes, sneaky little fights for them. So, boys, um, how are we? Kaya, how are you, bruv? Very good, mate. Very good. Just getting through January. So glad it's fucking over. This tax bill's been looming. Uh, but managed to get me act together, sorted it out. It. Ah, it's fucking horrible. Self-employed people can completely relate to what I'm saying. Now, end of January is just the worst time of the year. But it's here. And um, roll on February. So many fights. I looked at the, the schedule coming up. And we're going to have so much to talk about. We, we might have to extend these pods from an hour and a half or whatever to fucking three hours or do Joe Rogan style. What do you reckon? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't fucking wait for February. I, t- I mean, yeah, it's only a couple of days away, but... Oh, mate, it's, it's a sexy one, isn't it? It is fucking blinding. Fury Usyk at the pinnacle of it, and uh, oh, I cannot fucking wait. Johnny B, how are you, bro? I'm the same. I've I, I paid my tax bill today, but isn't it weird? You pay all that money, and then you feel good. It's like relief, oh, isn't I it? I didn't fucking like that feel monkey. good. I felt fucking skinny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> nah, man. I need the pressure off me. I need to just unload those rocks out of that rucksack, man. Like, that's that done. Can put that to bed. But do you know what else I did today? Just before I come on here? A virtual speed awareness course. Oh, you got done by camera. Oh, I got got done, didn't I, man? Done 57 in a 50. Oh, you didn't get points for that. I I had the option to do the uh, speed awareness course. Because I thought it was one mile an hour per every 10 miles you're going. So I thought you could go up to 55 and you're still in that safe zone. But what, you got 57 and you swerved to three points. Yeah, Yeah, mate. Fucking hell. Taking her arm off for that. Would you have to sit there for three hours into some boring geezer? Do you know what? To be fair, the geezer was all right. But you know what? So I've been a black cab driver, right, in London for 20 years. So, and let me tell you, this two hours, it was like I've never heard any of this stuff before in my life. I'm like, really? What, 60 miles on a single carriageway? Set like all these different speeds. And, and do you know this, right? In England, if you're driving down the road and there's streetlights, it's mandatory, like, it's like 30 mile an hour speed limit. But if you're in Wales and there's any more than three streetlights, it's 20 miles an hour. You know, you're like... So what, you've got to count the streetlights? Well, there's no signs. The there's no signs on the thing to say 20. You've got to count streetlights. That can't be Sometimes right. there isn't signs. Sometimes oh, there isn't signs. But he kicked a guy off the course today. Do you know why he kicked him off the course? Why? Because he, he zoomed. He was on Zoom. He zoomed in while he was driving. 
He goes, I have to report this to the police now. So he's going to get six <laughs> points because he was driving. What do you mean? Well, no. Zoomed in what? Zoomed in to what? Because it, it's all done via Zoom. It's virtual. So he I was, was in doing Zoom, Zoom whilst like, he was driving. Room. Oh, fucking he, hell. Yeah, he, he logged in what while driving. <laughs> Oh, what a, what a <laughs> Oh, mate. Okay, so let's do the matchroom card first. The Crocker and Felix card. Paddy Donovan on there as well, and Chev Clark and McCarthy. It was a very good night, and I thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. I did. So, yes, Crocker, first of all, a blinded performance, beating Jose Felix via TKO. A very good knockout, a very good performance. But he did come in three pounds overweight. Prior to the fight, it was a blinded performance, but shadowed with a little bit of uh, controversy in there as well. So give us your thoughts on the fight first, Kaya, and uh, tell us what you thought about the weight missing. I mean, look, I think it's I think it's poor. It's supposed to be a professional, you know what I mean? Whether you've had Christmas or not, a lot of fighters missed their Christmas this year. Callum Smith's one of them. You know, John Ryder's missed his Christmas. All those boys that fought anywhere around now have missed their Christmas and most of them, well, pretty much all of them other than Lewis Crocker have made weight. So it's a bit poor. I was a bit taken aback by the fact that they still announced him as the WBO Intercontinental Champion yeah, at I the end. Yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah, I thought, what's that all about? I thought the belt wasn't on the line. It's in the WBO rules. So I don't know whether they've just... Eddie Earns given Jose Felix another 10, 10 grand in his purse or whatever. I'm going, listen, just don't make a song and dance about it. If you lose, then he still gets the belt or whatever. Something like that. But... The fight itself, I mean, look, when it starts, you see the size difference between the two fighters. I'm like, this is almost comical, right? And um, Jose Felix, throughout that fight, rapidly turned into one of my favourite fighters, really. I mean, it doesn't have the power at welterweight. That was clear there. You know, what he did to Gary Cully weren't going to happen in that fight. Um, Crocker being much bigger than him. But he's his slick style, he was switching in. He was some of his flashy combinations... And he got put down in one of the rounds. With the first time he got put down was a real horrible body shot. I felt it from what you know, watching it on my sofa. He could have spewed it then and gone, you know, that's me done. But he got up, he carried on fighting, he kept landing his own shots. He got all emotional at the end as well. He was gutted to lose. So I don't know. I like Jose Felix, and if I'm Eddie Earn and I'm looking for you know people to stick my fighters in there with, I'm, I'm phoning him. Deserves I don't know about the lightweight stuff. Yeah. He's a bit of a problem for, for some of his lightweights. Yeah. Because I feel like he's a really good fighter. Um, I think some of the stoppages throughout the card were a bit questionable. I think the Paddy Donovan one was a bit... I don't know if that fella could have carried on. Yeah. Uh, I think they looked... Look, <clears throat> you know, Paddy Donovan was banging trouble there. He was blowing a little bit, wasn't he? And I think they, any mm. sign of danger, they were looking to just step in and, and stop that fight. So I was a little bit like, uh, he could have carried that one on a little bit. But um, yeah, Jose Felix... He did all right. You know I mean? He was never going to win the fight. I wasn't massively impressed with Lewis Cocker. I know you were, Unc. But um, I don't know what he does domestically. I don't know if he beats Harry Scarf and wins the British title. I don't know if he beats Echo Esserman, some of the, the top British world really? awards. But, what yeah, about Paddy I Donovan? I he beats Pad- Paddy Donovan? Yeah, he beats Paddy Donovan. I think Paddy Donovan... I don't know, actually. I don't know. You know, but I would lean towards Lewis Crocker. I don't know if either of them are really, at the moment, I haven't seen anything to suggest they can go on and, and, you know, beyond maybe European level. Maybe I'm being harsh there, but that's just, that's just what I see. Interesting, interesting. Johnny B? Yeah, without going into all of it, I've looked, 
he's an exciting fighter, uh, Crocker, and uh, his bank liberty, like to bring Felix up from lightweight to welterweight, miss weight. It was it was a bang liberty. Um, but Crocker, he's an exciting fighter. Do you know what I mean? He comes to fight. He got good work to the body. Uh, aggressive, you know, doing his silly Conor McGregor uh, walking at the ring. It was good, you know, got attention on him. Sort of clip went viral-ish. So, um, yeah, it's like the question is, who do they put him in with? But I was looking at the box rec rankings, right? And uh, he's 16. Conor Ben's 19. We're going to talk about Conor Ben in a minute. So I was just looking, like, where does he go from here? Like, you just mentioned some of the guys, uh, like Harry Scarf and that, like British level, Echo Esserman and that. But uh, do you know what fight I think would be a great fight? You know the Australian guy, Steve Spark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's at number 10. I'm just thinking the connection with Matram and that. I don't know. I don't think he's ready for like any world titles or anything like that, Crocker. But just what interesting fights can they put him in? I think they're really trying to push boxing in Belfast. And um, he could be in some exciting fights, some exciting fights. But he needs to step up. He needs to fight someone in his own weight division that, you know, is going to keep him honest, basically, uh, with his shots. And, uh Yeah. Steve Spark, um, I don't know. Are they going to try and is, is yeah? They try and going to set up something. David Avenition, he's a welterweight. He's sort of on the way back. I thought so, Steve Spark was one hundred and forty pounder, didn't he? Beat Montana Lover one hundred and forty. Maybe he's gone up. I think he, I think he's gone up. Right. I mean, correct correct me if you if I'm wrong. I think he's gone up. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I just like to see him in there with uh, a bit of better opposition. Some of his own weight, really. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, do you know what? I... I am getting excited about him because I do think he's very good. He certainly bangs, but I love the way he fights. Like constantly coming forward, doesn't give a fuck what's coming back. And um, and when he gets hit, he smiles. I love that. That's like old Golovkin days, man. Yeah. Like when you're getting yeah. hit and he's going, fucking what? Come on. And uh, I loved it. So I love what I see of him. Yeah, I do think it was a little bit sloppy missing weight like that. I know, I think it was the W, no, the board, I think said, look, you've got, too much weight to cut here. You can't, we can't allow you to go down to 147. So he obviously didn't bother after that, but he wouldn't have made it anyway. So yes, it is controversial what he did. Don't know if it was on purpose, but um, either way, yeah, he had a massive advantage in there because as you say, Felix was coming up three weights, wasn't he? Coming from uh, lightweight, I think he was coming from. So yeah, um, he was always going to be under the cosh, Felix, but he is a very good fighter, and I, I do want to see him in there with Paddy Donovan. I think that's a um, that's a fight that's going to tell us which one of them is going to go to the world scene. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it next. Maybe it's not in their interest to do it next, but I'd love to see it, and uh, I hope it comes uh, soon. Yeah, I don't think they'll do it next. They've got to keep them apart because there's not much else coming out of Belfast. Yeah, so true, if you do yeah. that as a main event, are you sticking on the undercard? Do you know what I mean? And if one of them loses... They lose, you know, any clout really going forward. They're going to have to rebuild. So I think they keep them apart. Sad as that sounds, because I think it's a great fight for Belfast, but I just don't think they do it next. Paddy Donovan, uh, he looked great for about three, four rounds. And then, I don't know, he fucking switched off, didn't he? Just like... It's blowing out of his ass, mate. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. That Herrera got Run on top out of, of him. And uh, I thought he was going to get him out of there, Herrera. I did. Um, mm. And then he come through with that, Seventh round knockdowns, but again, it was a weak stoppage, and it was an abrupt stoppage. Yeah, I didn't think it um, deserved to be stopped. Mm. And uh, C4, <laughs> fucking love C4, man. Yeah, I think he's mustard. I think he is mustard. Big up Tommy McCarthy, 
if he does retire and goes into doing his stand-up full-time, which we learned about last week, then uh, fucking fair play to him. But, uh, yeah, different league, uh, C4, and oh, I'm so excited by his career. I can't wait to see him next. Whoever mm. he's in with next, I can't wait. I mean, we ain't got him for long. He's 33. Oh, yeah. So, like, whatever they're going to do with him, they'll have to push him now. I mean, do they give him the winner of, or try and make the winner of Boatsy Aziz now? Or is there, you know, what fight, what fight, uh, what uh, fight is there for um, him? They're talking about um, Chamberlain, aren't they? Possibly. Yeah, I mean that's that's the natural fight to make next for the British title, and then maybe just move move him straight onto sort of fringe world level. By the end of the year, he might even be fighting for a world title. But yeah, I love his style, and you know what I like about him as well. He's quite vulnerable because he got clipped a couple of times by Tommy McCarthy, and um, yeah, coming forward yeah, he, he got clipped, well. but he was. He was, yeah, he showed a good chin and um, just like his style. He's really aggressive, come forward, likes to get stuck in and uh, let his shots go. There's not much to dislike about him. I like his uh, his nickname, everything about him. It, it was quality. I, I don't think he showed Tommy McCarthy much respect at the end there. I, I think there was a little bit of beef between the two, but that's surely the end for Tommy McCarthy now. And you can't wheel him out again after this. Nah. But C4, He's had a great onwards career. and up- upwards. European title he won, didn't he, McCarthy? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's done he's done. A couple wonders. of decent fights with Chris Billum-Smith. I don't think he was ever going to win a world title. But, yeah, I think that, I think that's the end of the road for Tom McCarthy. And let's see what they do now with uh, with C4. I mean, look, Isaac Chamberlain's on the other side of the road, isn't he? So, <sighs> good luck trying to make a matchroom fucking boxer There's fight. There's talk of Isaac Chamberlain fighting Vidal Riley. That's that's they're talking about that fight I heard the other day. Yeah, that's more, so and they're yeah. they're both on the other side of the street. So yeah, I don't know where does he go. Where does he go? Like he's not like. Do you think he's not ready for um, Billum Smith and Riyakpour and Jaya Pataz and all those conversations yet? So it's just you have got to match him right. But as you say, he's thirty three years of age, so he ain't got time on his nah. side. So he needs to be in exciting fights. But he's super exciting. He's got great balance. You know, power in both hands. Uh, stalks his opponent and Tommy McCarthy. He looked, um, he didn't look too fleshy. He didn't look like he was in terrible shape, but I think he was, you know, was halfway out the door and it doing all the comedy work and you know, didn't fight for a couple of years. He was talking about retiring before, so I think once your mind is not in it, then that's it. That's that. That's yeah. the end. You've got to be in it. You've got to be hungry. And Chev's hungry, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what would be a great fight for Chev Clark next? Oh, what about someone like a Sislak? Something like that. That would be a great fight. Is you think he's ready for Sislak? I mean, you've got to move him, John. You, you know what you're going to do. A, that's, he's got he's got a European title, Sislak. That'd be a great fight. Don't know, that would be a maybe great like fight. a Marcus Brown. Might is it too soon for him? Marcus Brown coming off a Glowacki. He got battered by uh, by Turbiev. There's a Glowacki. Something like that. Yeah, Sislak. I like the Sislak yeah. one. I think that's quite good. Yeah, so that was it. That was the uh, matchroom card over in Belfast. And then over to Arizona, Ryder and Mungia. <laughs> Johnny, you're smiling, bruv. Come on, give us your thoughts <clears throat> on it. What a fucking robbery, man. Absolute robbery. I told you to get robbed out there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Ryder, I told you to get robbed Robbed of his there. lunch money. That's the only thing he got robbed oh, of. Oh, mate. Yeah. I tell you what, I tell you what, that was a fight, though. What a great fight. This is what I'm talking about. Going out on your shield, going out on your shield. All I know is I looked on across social media, apart from the odd trolls, which you get everywhere, overwhelmingly, I feel like Ryder got a lot of respect from the public across the board. Like, And um, it was just a fantastic fight. 
he, he just he, he went for it right there and you know say he, he got knocked down a few times but Mongia has got a chin on him because he yeah. got caught flush yes. a few times by Ryder. That little right hook, chopping right hook over the top was working a treat. Um, but yeah, he just he just didn't have an answer for him in the end. And like you say, that's the best I've seen Mungia fight. But he closed the distance really well. He's got, you know, fast hands, got a great chin. Don't think his gas tank was found wanting. And, um, and he found a way and he was patient. He made a few adjustments because he was getting caught going in from the right side, from that southpaw stance from Ryder. But I just felt with Ryder, he was getting success with that little right over the top. But I feel like when you, sometimes, you know, when I look at a fighter, I will come out of a statement like, he fights good on the left and he fights good on the right. And what I mean by that is that, that the way they will throw their shots from the left side, whether it's a hook, whether it's whatever, a straight punch, and sometimes fighters on the right side, they're just it's just the trajectory of their arms and the way they throw punches and the balance. And I just felt that on his left side, with the straight shot down the middle or just taking a step, a bump step, whatever it needed to be to throw that left hook, Mungir was never there. And he just I didn't feel that uh, Ryder could make any adjustments to get any success fighting through that left that left side. And Mungir was just, yeah, just constantly out of range all the time. And great performance. Um, you know, I, I, I don't put it down to John Ryder being 35. I feel like he was in the fight. I think give first four rounds I might give to Mungir. I think I might give the fifth and the sixth to Ryder. And then I think Mungir just, um, just put him away. And, uh, yeah, I say, what a fucking chin. What an absolute warrior John Ryder is. And I've got to admit, I am biased. Like, where I'm from in Islington, where, where I grew up, I could throw a stone from my house. It would hit John Ryder's house. Do you know what I mean? Like, he lived around the corner from me. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll go to what they're going to do next. But, yeah, that my, my thoughts was uh unbelievable fight. Kyle? Yeah, yeah, blinding fight, mate. Really, really enjoyable. <clears throat> <clears throat> really, really enjoyable. It's fucking have to wake up in the morning and watch these fights early doors. That's why I'm loving the old Turkey Ali L sheet. We ain't got to do that. We can have a few beers and watch it like normal people. But yep. yeah, I, I was really, really impressed with Mungia's punch output. I know he had high punch output anyway, but anything sort of mid to long range, he was just bossing it. Uh, John Ryder's not, you know, he's better in, in close. I think he's, he's understanding of range and the way he closes the distance. I think that's his probably one of his best attributes, John Ryder. But yeah, from for anything from range, first four rounds, as you say, John, even five, was it round five as well? It just Mungia was having his way with him. Straight shots down the pipe. And um, when when Ryder ended up getting in close and on the occasion when they broke, you know, as soon as they broke, the referee broke him. He was getting a bit, bit of success there on the break. Sometimes when he bro- uh, broke the distance, you know, the lead uppercut was working as well a little bit sometimes. But, um, yeah, he was just, you could tell the writing was on the wall from the beginning because mm. he caught him a few times flush. I don't know if he was stepping into the shots because I think he was a bit wary about what was coming back. But, um, yeah, yeah, the writing he, was on the wall. Mungia ate those punches, mate, like they were fucking yeah. blueberries, yeah, man. Yeah. Just nothing. Just I, I think the question, Mark, was always, them. does his punch output go up to 168 and does his chin hold at 168? And both, he's answered both of those. And if anything, he looked better. That's the best I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's debatable if uh, John Ryder's not the biggest puncher ever. So it depends on when uh, Mungia goes in with a serious puncher. Will it like hold Benavides, up? Benavides. Yeah, like Benavides, even Canelo. I mean, 
I, do you know what I love about him? I love how fucking reckless he is. Like when he when he smells blood, <laughs> he goes in there swinging like a madman coming out the pub on a Saturday night. Then he, I fucking love it. He don't give a shit what's coming back. It's blinding to watch. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's great. I think I think he knew that uh, Ryder's power after a couple of rounds. He knew that he could deal with that. So that's why he was probably so reckless. But yeah, fair play, Ryder. Brilliant man, like tough as mm. fuck and. Uh, He's had a great career. If he calls it a day there, then we all... What do you reckon, Nanak? Uh, what should he what, do? for Ryder? Uh, yeah. I don't know, really. I don't know if... I, I was... Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of a, an exciting domestic fight to go out on. I'll give you one. Go on. Rematch with Callum Smith at 175. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that definitely floated your boats, didn't you? You're both looking at me. <laughs> it did Both know. looking at me like I'm just fucking I mean, put you both as, to sleep with that. As much as we thought he won the fight last time, I can't say <laughs> I watched it thinking, wow, this is so exciting. Do you know what I mean? So, Nah, he don't, he's not in trouble. It doesn't trouble him to make 168 riders. I don't think he's going to go up to whatever. But they talk of him fighting I'll tell you a good fight. How about this for a rematch? Billy Joe. The uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah. There you go. That's the one that Listen, I had in my head. Yeah. I'm not retiring if I'm him. Now the sad is he are in play. John Ryder carries a name. He might be a bit of a gatekeeper now, you know, that fight just before you fight for a world title. Fuck it. All this money's on the table now. Why are you retiring? He's fit as a fiddle. He's, he's, got, a he's got the Canelo yeah, payday. He he's got he's had Danny Jacobs, Canelo, and Mungia, right? So I mean, for me, I just for me it would be retired. Not because I, he's got some left, right? He can still go in there and do a job and, you know, be in good fights. But the damage he took in that Mungia fight, he took some heavy shots. Yeah. Real fucking heavy shots that a lot of people wouldn't have got up from the from the first uh, first or second knockdown. Um, and, and against Canelo, he took some heavy shots against Canelo. So for me, 35, you've given your life to boxing. You're at the end. You've been in a few big fights, elite level. You've lost. You took a lot of damage. I just think, I don't know, you've got your money now, you've got your kids, you've got your missus. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. you got to fucking ruin it by talking the truth. Would you say? <laughs> I said, why have you got to ruin it? Why have you got to ruin it by talking the truth? Oh, <laughs> let me have my fucking delusional thoughts to myself over here. <laughs> now, all it is, uh, is just it's dough, isn't it? Like, it took, it took him so long to make the Canelo dough. And also, how much did he get from the Canelo fight? What was it, like two, three million? Ain't going to last forever, is it? No, nah, I think you got about... So I think I heard about five or so. Was it five? Oh, then that's different. Nah, that much? Jesus. So if he's bought a big house in Essex, what's that going to set him back? A mill? Can he, he could probably survive on the rest. But and also as Are well... Are we set, bro? No, no but like, you know yeah. what it is with like, people like John Ryder is, as you say, Jim Rat lives and breathes the sport. It's not a pain for him to do... Um, who the fuck is that? Why has someone always got to ring my doorbell when I'm trying to do this podcast? Tax man. You know, someone like him, I think, would be lost without the sport. Whereas someone like Billy Joe, he wouldn't give a fuck, I don't think. He'll just go off and, you know, go to the pub and have sausage and chips and fucking eight pints. You know what I mean? That's not John Ryder's life. But the fight's got to excite you. Even like the Billy Joe Saunders fight, I don't even know if that excites me. It's like, what fight? Say like Callum Smith v Anthony Yard, I'm all over that. There's a lot of variables and there's a lot of question marks over Callum Smith, Anthony Yard. I'm all over that fight. But I don't know, John Ryder now. What, who, who is there at Look, 168? He's not going to. He's not going to get a, a, a belt at 168 because Canelo will probably stay there for a little while. 
Uh, there was talk of him fighting Bivol before, you know, all this nonsense. Obviously, that's not going to be tatted now. But I don't. I think he could go up to 175, and I think those belts will fragment. So, look, I don't know. I'm a bit of a bit of a fantasist when it comes to this sort of stuff. You know, what I mean, I live in my own little world, and um, maybe he just continues on as one or two more at a new weight, and we'll see. But yeah, you're probably right. He should retire. He should retire. Going round in circles. As Bias Brits, hopefully he comes back to Britain and uh, as a domestic fight or something like that. Well, um, but, uh, well, 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 right? So let's get to it though, right? Because Mongia, so what, where does this guy go next? So obviously Oscar De La Hoya, he wants the Canelo, wants the Canelo payday. That's what they're looking for. But um, it looks like, the rumour has it, that Canelo is going to be fighting Jamal Charlo. And then Terence Crawford. Meanwhile, David Benavidez has been sitting there doing everything he can to get the Canelo fight. So it's like, so if Canelo, like Benavidez has even gone out and called out Monguez, says he wasn't even impressed with the knockout of John Ryder. So I feel like Benavidez is doing everything he can to get the Canelo fight. He's even sort of piping up with Monguez's victories in, I'll fight Monguez if I have to. But Canelo... Let me just pose this question to you and anyone listening, think about it. So Canelo is the undisputed super middleweight champion, right? He's got all the belts, right? Yeah? But he is going to go and... And he's just fought Jamel Charlo, who was a, a super welterweight, 154 pounds, right? He just fought Jamel Maybe Charlo. Fights, now it? he's going to fight Jamal Charlo, who's middleweight, not a super middleweight, who's held his belt for God knows how long. He fights like once a year, if that. And then he's going to fight Terence Crawford, who's a welterweight. So what's going on with Canelo? Is it like, let's, let's establish the fact that it's a complete duck of Benavidez 100%. and Munguia. It's a complete duck, isn't it? So he has to relinquish the belts. And no, we can't talk about Canelo no more in no pound for pounds or anything. You're an amazing fighter. One of the best fighters I've ever seen in my life. However, you're now just doing the little Mayweather thing. You're going to pick fights, jump around in weights, and just cash out. But we can't look at you as a bona fide contender in the 168-pound division because they are the two fights to, to have, aren't they? 100%. Yeah. Jamal 100%. Char- the Charlo fight is fucking boring, isn't it? He <sighs> needs to get in the bin, that Charlo. <sighs> he needs to fuck right off. He's, he's just oh, it's pony, isn't it? Yeah, he is, mate. Canelo Benavidez, I'm all over. Munguia, I'm all over. Um, and Boots Ennis for Crawford, I'm all over, but mm. I can't see mm. Crawford going up there. I mean, out of those two fights, I'd like to see, just just for interest alone, I'd like to see him fight Crawford. No interest in the Charlo fight. I don't know why he's giving these Charlos these paydays. What have they done to deserve these I, fucking I know. paydays? I know. Do you know what I mean? You know, Unless he's fucking just paying them, you know, much less than he does everyone else. Because it ain't a mandatory yeah. and all that. Maybe they're getting a million a pop yeah. or whatever. He's just getting them on the cheap and he's going to take the rest of the money now and he can beat them. They're not going to come to yeah. fight him, are they, these Charlos? They're going to come to try and run and just pick pick a shot here or there over the 12 rounds. So I won't even watch that fight. I'll watch the highlights, mate, on fucking ESPN or whatever it pops up on. That's what I'll watch. Um, but uh, Terence Crawford fight does have a bit of interest because Terence, Terence for me, is, is my pound for pound number one, I'd have to say. Along with Usyk, along with Usyk, and a new one. I've got the three of them joint. How many do you want? Oh, fucking they all joint. One, <laughs> all three of them. Top ten pounds pound are all my number one. But um, I, I quite like, I quite like the idea of it. Just, just out of, I don't know, just to see what would happen. Because you know, Canelo himself, 
was a super welterweight back in the day. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's bulked up to a bulked up. I've used that term loosely. Bulked up to a super middleweight. And um, he's a super middleweight now, though. It's like saying he weighed two stone when he was fucking three years of not age. Really? Like, not that really. was a long time ago really. when he was a When you're three, you're still he's... growing. It's got nothing to do with nothing, mate. Talking out of your fucking ass. What you, well, you still grow every day, didn't you? Have you go well, down you... the gym, do some weights, you grow. What are you talking about? Well, you, but you're not, your bone structure and all that, that don't grow, does it? Bone density, does that grow? I suppose it does a bit. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think you can compare a three-year-old on his tricycle to fucking Canelo when he's at super welterweight. But anyway, um, yeah. But it's my, it, my main premise blatant, of what I'm duck. saying it's is that duck. it's a blatant Yeah, it's a blatant duck. Because Benavidez has done enough now, do you know what I mean? In my opinion. And uh, I just feel that that's the, the fight fans want. Anyone that knows anything about boxing, not, like that, that Benavidez and Canelo fight, I'll throw that to you both now. Who wins that fight? I'm telling you, I do not like that fight for Canelo at yeah, all. Yeah, I fancy Benavidez. I fancy Benavidez, yeah. yeah. I would lean towards Benavidez. So yeah, big, yeah. isn't he? And how about, like how about Canelo all. v. Huh? Like stoppage, stoppage and all, yeah. No, nah, I don't see a stoppage, but I just feel I see yeah. him. I see him doing a bivol on him. I think he punches a hole for him, mate. I don't know though. I'm just saying that because I'm a bit annoyed with Canelo at the minute. <laughs> yeah, mm. and he's and he swerved bivol. And we're not going to talk about that. Where's the nah, rematch? Has he swerved bivol. Nah. Got a rematch clause. He, you, he shouldn't even have fought bivol in the first well, place. Well, it's like going on picking on old fellas, isn't it? Going on picking on old fellas like Kovalev and saying that you've won a fucking title light heavyweight. And you go pick on someone who's in their prime, you get your fucking ass handed to you, and then you go and run and don't do the rematch. What's that yeah, all but about? He shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have even gone up there in the first place. He's already been up there. So you, that, that argument is redundant. He's already been up there. Yeah, I know. He went up there, he lost, lost like a man, come back down, and now start one six. And, he's eight, ra- and he ran like a man as well, yeah? He ran like a man. He hadn't taken well, the in, rematch. In the fight. He take the rematch like, then. He wasn't battered or embarrassed in that fight against Bibble. It was one sided. Right one of the judges huh? was on fucking crack, smoking some the best crack ever. And he <laughs> scored it 115, 113. How's that? He mm. lost he lost eight four at least that fight. Maybe nine yeah. four. Maybe nine four. But I think everyone when he went up there, a lot of people were like, oh, this is a bit of a silly move, don't need to do that. But obviously he's gone up there, maybe wanted to dare to be great, get the title up there, and then you know, looking looking like you're just swerving and ducking people in, in your own division. But like all I'm saying is like I'm a massive Canelo fan. Like what he's done in the sport, the guys that he's fought, the risk that he's t- t- taken, for me, he's like number one. Like like when I look at see like Terence Crawford, I don't want to go into it now because this ain't that show. I'll rate Terence Crawford. I think he's amazing, right? From the eye test, everything he's done. But when I look at his resume, we're doing another oh, show. Fucking I do could this pick, again, I could pick plenty of holes in his resume when people start talking. Oh. Like when you're like, oh, he's got the best resume in boxing, Terence Crawford. When you go through it, well, what's a, wrong lot with of it? Fighters, a lot of fighters that he fought at the time, they'd had their day. They'd had their day. And what about, That's all I'm what saying. What about Canelo? Who's he? What about him? Well, you're talking about the Golovkin fights that he lost. Nah, you can't say... Like, he won the not, second one, but he lost the first one, right? Yeah, that was, I know, but whatever you want to say about Canelo, he's fought, he fought a lot of fighters at, at decent times. And whether Ooh. he won, whether he lost, Tell whether me. it was close... Which one? It, what do you mean? Danny Jacobs. Let's just throw one out there. Beat Danny Jacobs, beat Golovkin. We could be... This, his resume holds up. What I'm saying, Terence Crawford's got a good resume as well, but... You're having but, a laugh. But, but, but... but Amir Khan, Kel Brook on, on his resume, both of them completely washed up over the hills at the time. Undongo, didn't he? Canelo beat Adi Amir Khan. 
I know. What are you talking about? I've knocked him into the fucking... Let's not do this today. Let's do it another day. We'll Jesus. Fucking Rocky Fieldings and all that. You're talking to me about his... Oh, drop me out. It's full about 60 people. You're going to pull out one or two people. Oh, fucking... Anyway, go. Blown up middleweights and all that. Whatever. Do you know what I mean? Whatever. It's fucking... Yeah, let's do it another day. That's a good argument yeah, for another day as it goes. Yeah. I need to be a bit prepared for that. All right, you two um, done. You two done, yeah? Yeah, no, we're a little right. tiff, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, this week, Buatsi, Aziz, Connor, Ben and Peter Dobson. Right, what should we talk about first then? I'll tell you what, let's talk about the fact that they're both on at the same fucking time. Kaya, <laughs> coming to you first. I mean, firstly, which one are you watching? And secondly, was that on purpose? Has Eddie Earn done that Absolutely. on purpose? Because he didn't fucking need to do it at half two in the afternoon Mate, in Las Vegas, did he? That couldn't have been more on purpose if he tried. He's just trying to shaft Ben Shalom, Boxer, Sky Sports. Like, this is on in the afternoon. He could have gone two hours later, hour before. He didn't have to do it on the exact same ring walk. I think it's quite amusing. I'm going I'm to record them both anyway, so it don't really affect me. Which one am I watching? I watch Boatsy Aziz because that's a... That's a better fight, isn't it? Yeah, it and is, that's yeah. for an eliminator. Um, but yeah, I think it's hilarious. What about, um, I mean, it, what it's about just... the fact that um, so you got the run for ball on the on the Vegas card? Mm. Do you think that's going to take a big audience away from Buatsi Aziz? Hundred percent. Run for ball and Conor Ben and Conor Ben, both of them. All the Essex lot, you know, you got spills over into London. Yeah, a bit of Kent. Hertfordshire, all that lot, mate, they're all going to be tuning into the zone. I guarantee it. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the build up to, I mean, the build up to the zone card isn't great either, but they're still massive names, isn't they? Connor Ben, Johnny Fisher does ridiculous tickets for someone who's a Southern area, yeah. a champ. Do you know what I mean? So, and his dad's always also, in the background. He's, he's what you've got to think about is, is the casuals. Like Connor Ben, I was looking the other day, right? On Instagram, when he, he puts a post out, he gets about 30, 40,000 yeah, likes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like you say, you've got Big John, you know, his Instagram account. God knows what you got, half a million followers on there. It's posting every three seconds. It's getting thousands and thousands of likes. Like, these are the casuals that are going to, you know, Saturday night. Oh, what, who's on? Yeah. Oh, like Johnny Fisher, Connor Ben. They're going to tune in. So, I look at the numbers at the, of the Boatsy Aziz in comparison. It's nowhere yeah. near. Nah. Nowhere near, and they, they you did. Could a... get, you could get a year's worth of Buatsi Instagram posts, and they hitting fifty thousand likes. I know. So look, from Eddie, like it's obviously a ploy to try and reduce the numbers, get a few of those those viewers over, and and yeah, just basically screw them, screw them. But now I'll be I'll be watching the, the Buatsi Aziz for sure. Do you think? Can I say this though? Do you think he's trying to screw Ben Shalom, or do you think he's trying to screw Joshua Buatsi? Yeah, both. Well, you get two, two for the price of one, didn't you? Yeah, so no, he's, 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 yeah, he's perfect for him, isn't he? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Buy one, get one free. But yeah, no, I mean, look, should we talk about, look, let's do Boatsy Aziz first. I mean, I'm going to stick with my original uh, original um, thought process, really, with this fight. I've always said, it just seems to be a bit of a poison chalice over there, doesn't it, a boxer? Look what's happened to Akoli. Uh, what's happened to Riyakpur? You know, just like, Anyone who goes over there, their career seems to to dip massively. And I feel like this is going to be the same for Boatsy. I think Boatsy himself as a fighter, when you do the eye test, very impressive, right? He's got all the shots in the book. 
Defensively, he's a bit questionable. Craig Richards sorted that, you know, when Craig Richards had him wobbling about everywhere. That Marco Kalic fight, I remember that, that sticks in my head where he was just blowing everyone out of the water. And then you got the, and the Marco Kalic starts landing on him, you know, puffs his eye up. And you got the Bolotniks fight that went 11 rounds. So he's definitely vulnerable. And I think Dan Aziz at the moment, crest of a wave, you know, solid as they come, really good, solid foundations when he fights, you know, he hunches over, makes everyone fight small. He's short, he's short, I think he's five foot ten or something. But his jab, he seems to have really developed a brilliant jab, Dan Aziz, and I think that's going to play a a massive part in this fight. As as I say, he doesn't take, he doesn't take a lot of damage in there when he's in in these fights, especially recently, Dan Aziz, defensively good. And um, I've just got a feeling that he's all wrong for Joshua Boatsy. And I think he just pressure, pressures him. I think he loses some of the first six rounds. But I think he gets to him towards the end. And don't be surprised if he stops him. Highly unlikely, but don't be surprised. But I think Dan Aziz will come on very strong towards the end of the fight. And I think he will nick it on points, if not a late stoppage. Ooh. He's got a feeling. Yeah. Ooh. Do you know what I've noticed, right? Every time, the, probably the past four weeks in a row, you've done predictions that have gone against the favourites. Yeah, I know. Interesting. That's why yeah. I'm getting I'm That's getting why you get them all fucking, fucking wrong. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, mate. I've, I've had a few, right? I've had a few four to ones, five to one shots. You got Joshua to beat Wallin, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah do you know right, what? Joe Parker, uh... don't start with you and your fucking Jarrell Millers, mate. Let's pull the Jarrell Millers out of the bag. Anyway, go on. Um, and mate, yeah. I, I flopped on Deontay Wilder as well, didn't he? Oh, no, I've had a, yeah, I've had a little think about it. I think Parker's not going to win this one now. Well, you was yeah. fucking wrong, weren't you? You muppet. Oh, I laid, yeah, listen, I'm fuck, no, no, let's, let's, let's fucking be real. I laid the groundwork for that Parker prediction. I had my big spill about how Parker was going to win that fight, and I said, I'm probably going to be on my own with this. And you two said Parker, Did you, and I fucking changed it the next Did week. Did you? Never mind the speed anyway. awareness course. We'll send you on a podcast awareness course. You're getting them all fucking <laughs> wrong, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, boy. I've got Chelly to beat Cullen. Oh, you didn't mention that. <laughs> um, all right. Should I go? Do you want to go? Well, uh, yeah, uh, unload your clip, bro. Uh, I'll unload it, and I'll say this. I think Joshua... There's a couple of things I think here, right? I say, for the eye test... Looking at Joshua Boatze, you know, they've you know Matram signed him, you know, obviously Olympian, like with the GB setup, the amateur background. He's the guy from the IATES. And obviously Dan Aziz, he's had it the hard way, but yet won the British title, won the Commonwealth, won the European title, and no, no one's given him nothing. I agree with everything that Kaya says, the way he sort of fights small, he's very like moves a lot, like the Hagler style. And uh, he's he's a good fighter, he's proven it. But when I look at some of the fighters that he's beaten, I don't think they're all that, I'll be honest with you. Like Rocky Fielding, he literally looked like he was at the bar and he said to yeah. someone, hold my beer, I'm going for a fucking fight. Yeah. Like that, he had the dad body in that, that night. And uh, Joshua Boatze, like, I think the guy is a nice guy. Like, give him a little bit of stick on here, right, for, like, for some of the decisions he's made. But I think he's a nice, calculated, balanced guy. And because of that, I think when he got offered the fight to go and fight Bivol, he thought to himself, do you know what? I'm not ready for a Bivol. I'm not ready for a Betabiev. He's, you know, he's gone to Sky, thought he'll have another two sort of tickovers. And I think he see Dan Aziz over there. And I think he thought to himself, do you know what? Or they've positioned this fight 
Danazese is doing well now. He's going to go and fight Danazese, and he needs those two or three other fights, you know, new trainer, Virgil Hunter, before he's ready. Okay, so I feel like he's got that going on, and I feel when I look at him, the eye test, I love the way he moves in. I think he closed the, closes the ring well. I love his little chopping hooks. I think he's got a good jab. Um, something that worries me is that when he is trying to close the distance, he gets caught a lot with straight punches, and we, we've seen that in some of the fights. He does get hit. I think he's got great timing, but his understanding of that range, he's closing the distance. He gets hit a little bit too much. However, there's two things going on here. I think Joshua Boatsy knocks Dan Aziz the fuck out. I think he's got a lot of stuff fuck going on in his head with that Mazar Majid. <laughs> he's got Matram wanting to sue uh, Joshua uh, um, uh, Boxer because of some of his decisions he's made. I think he's got all these intangibles going on. I think he's going to get in the ring and I think all that friendship's going to go right out the fucking door. And I think he's going to get to Dan Aziz late. And I reckon he's going to knock him the fuck out. I really Ooh. don't. It's going to be pure and utter violence. He's going to knock him the fuck out. It's yeah, possible. man. Battle of the South. Can, can I change my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick my stake in the ground. But actually beats Aziz. I stop him. And I, 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 I think... Look, are you trying to get me on a technicality? By stoppage. Yeah, by stoppage. No, well, yeah, I think he stops him. I think he right, stops let's show, him. I'll really show me your bet slip then on Saturday night or something. We all sat here on our WhatsApp group. Right? I will. I will. Post up your bet slips. I will. I will. Uh, now, you're the one who gets most of these fucking fights, right, Unc? So you tell us <laughs> now. Go. I, I'm very... I, I'm a little bit on the fence. I've got to be honest. Buatzi, I think in this fight, I think he's going to look a bit ropey. I do. I think based on the Stepien fight, based on all this aggravation in the background, I think mm-hmm. he's going to play its part. I think he's in the back of his head and I think the shit's hit the fan recently, which um, we're going to talk about in a bit. But um, it, it doesn't really affect him, but it's still um, taking his attention away. I've, I'm sure he's trained hard and everything, but I just think the momentum of his career has been pants. Whereas... Mm. Um, Aziz has been okay and I think he's very tough Aziz I think he's completely different to anyone Buatsi's been in with because he's quite a pressure fighter he's a lot smaller um, but he's tough as fuck and he'll be uh, he'll be very dangerous on the inside I do think if Buatsi's on 100% if we see the you know the best of Buatsi I know that's a cliche but if we do see Buatsi at his best as we have seen him in the past I think he should nick it on points. But I think it's going to be a very tough night. A very tough night. My head is going. Buatzi is just going to have enough to keep him at bay. And because of his boxing IQ, my head is saying Buatzi by points. But like you, Kaya, I would not be surprised if I'll know, and we'll all know within the first few rounds, where Buatzi's at, if he's on it or if he's not. And I think if he's not on it, I think Aziz will stop him late. I do. But I'm going to go, go on, my ultimate decision, I'm going to go Buatzi um, late. However... Oh, bollocks, Unc. <laughs> not, not late. Buatzi by decision. Buatzi by decision. I mean, look, Buatzi's been fighting once a year, okay? And, you know, momentum is a real thing in boxing. You know, a lot of people will tell you that. So, um yeah, like I can see why, because I noticed on Twitter, like a lot of people were saying they fancy Dan Aziz, but I just don't see it. I think that Bawatsi, 
he's got the intellect and I think he's got the mindset and I think he's got the belief and I think he's going to be completely ready and I think he's going to put on a show. I really do. Yeah. I think there's going to be, he's going to get caught. He's going to be, there's going to be a back and uh, to and fro in the fight, but I, I genuinely, I don't think, think he stops. I, I don't really think Boatsy can stop Aziz. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. He he's tough not. as fuck Aziz. He, look, he went the distance, didn't he, with Stepion. <clears> he uh, went the distance with Craig Richards. Uh, Balotniks, I think that was in the 11th round. So I, I know what you're saying. I just got, you know, like, I think there must be so much fucking anger inside Boatsy now. He must know. When he puts his head that in might uh, be, on the that pillow might not before be a he goes to sleep at night, I bet he says to himself, what the fuck is going on? Like, what has he done? I know, like, yeah. Does Boatsy need to make a statement? Yes, yeah, he, he really does. Win? He really does. He really does. Because he's got one more fight, any on the boxer? On the boxer uh, contract, well, I mean, that's all up in the air at the minute. But as it stands, I think he's got one I mean, more fight, and then he, <laughs> he needs a big fight after this um, to, yeah, for financial reasons, etc. But um, he really does need to make a statement. You know what? You made some really good points there, props. Really, really good points. Really, in terms of where his head could be. Um, you know, if it, you know, you know, obviously doing the eye test, perhaps he's the more skilled fighter. When they did that face to face. Dan Aziz didn't, like, didn't hide from the fact that in sparring, he had, you know, he had the better of all the sparring, Boatsy. But that's when you're comfortable, you've got nothing planned on in the back of your mind. Like, what's going to happen after this fight? I've got, do I have to win this by knockout? Is, you know, a close points decision enough to beat Dan Aziz, who I should be beating anyway? All this stuff going on in the background. Am I getting sued? Like, no, my, my promotional company's getting sued. Is Ben Schlong yeah. going to be sticking about? Will Am I, I have, getting will, my contract? Will here? I have to go back, I mean, so much going have to, on. go back to Matchroom and see Eddie's smiling face in front of me? Uh, Eddie ain't taking him back. Eddie, uh, there's no Oh, chance. Eddie would. If, no, if, he's, if he's, he don't he's, do numbers, John. He ain't taking him back. No, if he, no, no chance. No yeah. chance with Eddie if taking he was, him back. If he was if he was of use to Eddie Hearn, he takes him yeah, back. Yeah, but he ain't, no. I think he, don't, he ain't of yeah. use to well, him. If he knocks Aziz out within six rounds, he's a fucking good use to everybody. No, because everyone's going to be watching Conor Ben in Vegas, aren't they? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like... It's all about the numbers for for matches. He just had a fucking mare, really. I've never for the, the amount of time I've been watching boxing, I've never known one fighter to have such a fucking mare. It's like what's one of those films? You know when they're like walking off, and all of a sudden all those buildings are just fucking on fire behind them or something. It's just like what have you done? Yeah, what it's have like, you done to your career? Your whole life you've been boxing, made it to the Olympics. You know, he's supposed to be a multi-millionaire now. But he's, world come, he's a well-educated guy. He's got, like, a fucking degree. He speaks very well. He seems like a balanced level guy. So what the fuck is he doing with this Mazar Majid? Yeah, like, why did he leave Eddie Earl, who's like a big mouthpiece, who's got a massive personality, when you know that you ain't? You've gone over to On the to flip fucking... side, though, he is headlining on Sky, which... Ain't about yeah, but but what does that count for these days, though, that, Unc? What does that really count for? I mean, look at it. I'm going to get to that as well, because when we move on to Adam Azim, I've got something to say about But anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah. I mean, look. What does that mean? I right? mean, look, in terms of how his career's gone, I just think the writing's on the wall for him to lose this fight. A bit like a Coley. A Coley goes he's, over there, fucks his career. He's 30 years of age, right? He's 30 years of age. 17 fights, no losses, 13 knockouts. It's not, he's like, it's not 35, 36. He's got time. I think he's just taking his time. Okay, and no. Eddie Young don't want to let him take his time. Yeah. And that's where there's been a tug of war. With he him. might end up at Queensbury. Don't be surprised. Would yeah, that, that'd be great. That, Anthony, Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard, get him that fight if he goes over to Queensbury. Oh, that, well, that, that, that could be the fight next. Yeah. Maybe Frank's already been in touch. Be I don't know, dear. 
Having said all that, I'm cheering for Dan Aziz because uh, he's from my manor where I was born, Catford, and he went to the same school as me. I bought a curly whirly off him in year 10. Blinding guy. <laughs> no, no, I did, but yeah, no, he was a couple of years above me. He went to my school, Forest Hill. Um, and, uh, and yeah, one day in the playground, he kicked a ball at me. So I was jab, jab, left hook. I knocked him out. And that was the day he went, you know what? I'm going to give this boxing a go. Teach me all you know proper. And that was that. <laughs> I might clip that out for sure. <laughs> so, what, so on a serious note, you you want uh, Dan Aziz to win, uh, Unk, and what? Who do you want to win, Kyle? Dan Aziz. I want Dan Aziz to win because he's done it the right way. He hasn't yeah. made look. He's done it the right way. I feel like moving forward, it'll just be fitting for him to beat Joshua Boatsy and get a, a crack at the world title, and you know taking into account that Joshua Boatsy had a fucking world title shot there and he turned it down for money. That's a fact. What are you in this sport? wasn't even against like what a, was this, a heavy What are you hitting? in this sport for, man? What are you fucking doing here? You're doing it. You're here to try and be a world champion right. and earn as much money as you can. And you turned it down because you didn't want to go in a, a, a you know multi-fight deal with Matchroom, who happened to be the biggest promoter on the planet. All right? what, what, what kind of stupid decision was that? So, based on all of that information I've just given you, Dan Aziz all the way for I me. Totally agree, though, yeah, look, I, I totally agree, though, Kyle. I totally agree. I'm not fussed who wins, but I'd love Dan Aziz to win because of the, of the way he's done his career. He's gone from the... He's done it the hard way, man. He's, <clears throat> he's grafted and grafted to get where he's at. Whereas Buatzi, he's not necessarily had a silver spoon in his mouth, but he has had that sort of help in regards to promotion, the Olympics and whatnot, he definitely was favoured over people, whereas Aziz has come through grassroots and uh, got to where he's got to and uh, fair play to him. Love an underdog. Love an as well. underdog. Love the yeah. underdog. He had, as he had the tell. silver spoon in his mouth. He had the silver spoon in his mouth, signed a fucking boxer and Ben stuck a wooden spoon in his mouth. I think, look, I want Adam, I want Aziz. One of those ones from McDonald's or Pret a Manger. Yeah, fucking from the petrol station, boy. Where the (laughs) petrol station? Why would you go to eat eat with it? It Fucking bends in half and all that. Yeah, Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, no. I I want. I'd love to see um, Aziz win. I really would. But I will say this. I don't want Dwatsi to lose. Does that make sense? Like, I genuinely feel sorry for the fella. I don't. I don't feel like. He's made some monumental fucking stupid decisions, but he doesn't come across to me as a as a bad person or as someone of bad character. I just think that, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Aziz yeah, jump Don't be turning down world title shots. Sorry. No, nah, yeah. that was the one, wasn't it? Especially, like, if it was, if it was against, like, a better be ever sat and you just thought, I'm not at his level, I think, I get it, you know what I mean? You might not want to end up in a coma, but people don't even fucking hit hard, mm. does he? Mm. Doesn't even hit hard. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Yes, so there we are. So good luck to both boys on Saturday. And the undercard, we've got a bit of Adam Azim, a bit of Ben Whitaker on there. I'm personally looking forward to seeing Ben Whitaker again. Um, he's fighting, interestingly, the guy that uh, Aziz last fought, Gradius. Um, so Aziz fought him last year in July. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Whitaker's fighting him now. So you could consider it a step up. Um, you could consider it a step up, I suppose. Um, but yeah. Kai, you had some uh, stern words to say about Ben Whitaker last time. So, uh, you're looking forward to seeing him this time? I mean, look, mate, look. Ben Whitaker is a brilliant, brilliant fighter. I just want to get that out there, right? I don't like the way he carries himself in the ring against 
you know, opposition that's nowhere near on his level. I feel like there's got to be a certain level of humility you've got to be showing there. But this fella he's fighting is a bit of a step up. I don't look at his box wreck. He's, his last four fights have been Zach Parker, Dan Aziz, Ezra Taylor and Carol Atuma. Yeah, Zach right? Parker retired him, didn't he? I mean, he's lost them all, but yeah. he's got a better resume. <laughs> he's got a better resume than a lot of our sort of, you know, prospects being brought through the brought through the ranks. But um, yeah, all I want to see from Ben Whitaker is just go in there. If you've got a showboat a little bit, yeah, give us a little bit, you know, on your ring entry. If you're going to start getting ballerinas out and fucking people with bow and, bow and arrow and fuck knows what else, fucking pole vaulters, if whatever you're going to do, do it. But when you get in the ring, couple of bits and bobs here and there, but just do your job and get out of there. Because I think he got a lot of hate last time. And I feel like all this, you know, you're going to pay to watch me whether I win or lose. Fine, but you don't want the whole country thinking, you know, you're an idiot. That's that's not the way to go either. And I feel like it's all an act. I think underneath it, he's probably a, a decent fella. And I think you just need to show that a little bit as well. Don't be, uh, Don't be, you know... Don't put on that act the whole time. I think we need to see the other side of you a little bit. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. Sorry, John. I'll, I'll, I will just say, though, that personally, I watched it about uh, a couple of days ago, his last fight, and uh, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I could not take my eyes off it. I thought it was cringe, but yeah. I was so entertained, though. I really was. And I thought, I, I actually thought, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, John, but I actually thought the referee telling him to stop doing it, I thought that was out of order. Mm. No, no, I don't agree. But, but, it's cringe in the same way. It's cringe in the same way you're out on a Saturday night in Covent Garden or something and some, I don't know, bird pulls her knickers down as a wee in the street. It's cringe like that. Do you know what I mean? It ain't How's fun. That the fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about your bell end. <laughs> Hold on. But do you know what no, I mean? No, it's not, wait. Cr- no, it's wait. not good cringe. You, it's no, not like, oh, on. what are you doing cringe? It's, hold on. It's, not the right, it's not the same level of cringe I ever want to see. Hey. I never want to see cringe. Do you, know, do you know what that's the same as, right? I was listening to everything that Kyle was saying, and I was just thinking, so when it comes to me, I'm going to say, Ben, if you're listening, keep fucking doing it, because it makes me happy, and if it pisses Kyle off, I'm fucking even happier. But do you know what it's like? He's rearing up last week about being wet. It's like he's had a fight in the pub. He's just calmed down in the corner, and you've gone, well, I think it was out of order, the ref stopping it. He's like, right, he just started up again. <laughs> but I did, right? Oh, if, you're, if you're in the ring, right, and you're doing things that can... Um, offset, like yeah, offset your opponent. Yeah, just sort of make them thinking, oh, fucking hell, what's he going to do now? And, like, distracting their attention. It's no different to... Maybe use feints for that. Yeah, but, nah, but it's no different to, Don't like... Don't start hopping on one leg, do you? To me, to me, right, when Mike Tyson head. used to have that customato technique where he used to come in and his head was wobbling side to side like a fucking nutty pigeon, right? I don't, I don't see how... What Ben Whitaker was doing was any different to that in a way because I'm like, well, both of them are distracting techniques because you don't know where the punches is going to come from. You don't know what's going to be coming next, if he's going to jab, if he's going to hook, whatever. I I don't mind it. I just don't. And as I say, I, I was entertaining. Do you think I he does it, though? What do you mean? Do you think he does it when he moves up the level? I, I don't know. I don't he... know. It's, yeah, it all depends. That's the it? thing, isn't it? I hope he Because if he does. doesn't... But if he doesn't, then he's going to look like he's bullying you. Yeah, lower I agree with that. If he doesn't, then fair enough, he, he <clears> will look like an idiot. But um, if he does, 
then uh, I'm all for it. Well, I mean, what's Fair the difference enough. between him Fair and enough. Nassim back in the day? Zero. When Nassim was doing it at the elite level, he was knocking people yeah, he done out. It all he time. done it throughout his Zero. Whole he was doing yeah. it in the fucking gym, mate. To fucking his gym bar. He, he had to do it. Zero and also, difference. Nassim done it early in his career so that when he got to the top of his career, he'd have a lot of eyeballs on him because they knew, oh, this is the flashy guy. And Ben Whitaker's doing it now because there's no point doing it later mm. in the career because he won't have eyeballs on him, especially being under Ben Shalom and Sky. You're not getting any traction there whatsoever. So he's building a narrative for himself. He's building a not necessarily a fan base, but he's building people watching him because they want to watch him and they want to see him either get knocked out or they want to see him because they love the flashing. Fair enough. So, I just yeah. think bring look, it down a notch. Bring it down a notch. And you know what? You don't want to have... Keep doing it. You keep don't want to have them, that Uzi Ahmed moment. Remember Uzi oh, Ahmed? Yeah. Don't want one of them moments. <laughs> I do want to see another Uzi Ahmed moment. I don't give a fuck. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, you know what? what Quiet. Don't tell me now you wouldn't fucking pay good money to see Ben Whitaker come into fucking violins and pole boats, get in the ring and get knocked spark out by Granny. Come on, brother. I mean, I'd sign no, up. No, for no, that, no, 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 no. Look, listen, I'll tell you what's interesting. Turning into a misconception. I like Ben Whitaker. I just think he needs to dial it down a notch. You weren't the only one who said that, so that's fair enough. Go on. Listen, I'll tell you what's interesting is that that Gradia. His last opponent was Dan Aziz, and he went points. I know he's only over eight yeah. rounds, but he went to points, right? So does that maybe tell you something about where Boxer and Ben Shalom is? Are they looking at, well, if Dan Aziz loses to Boatsy, then there you go. Ben Whitaker, you want to move him fast? Maybe then you've got a common opponent there. You can say, well, I knocked out that Gradiart if he does. And uh, Dan Aziz went to points with him. Maybe that starts building up for that. Maybe. I don't know. All right, anyway. Um... <laughs> it's a long way off, though, isn't it? Either way. Let's like use Khalid Gradia as the fucking, as the uh, measuring stick, yeah? No, I don't think so. All right, okay, look, gone. one thing I'll say as well is that Adam Azim, right? So he's fighting Enoch Paulson, right? They've got a common opponent, Pettigene. Uh He went to points, uh, Paulson. He beat him on points. And um, Azim stopped Pettigene in the 10th round. What I will say about Adam Azim is this. I was just I was thinking about it. Right? I was thinking... I don't give a shit when you're on the TV. Do you know that? I really don't. I'm just like, I'm not excited at all about Adam Azim. And they're building him up over there on Sky. And I'm just thinking, why? Why am I not excited? Like, he's an amazing fighter. Like, you can see the geezer's got skills to pay the bills. He's an amazing counter-puncher. He carries power. But it comes back to, he hasn't got, like, a massive personality. I'm thinking, all right, well, there's some other fighters that don't. And I still seem to like them. Um, and I was thinking, do you know what? This kid is 21 years of age. Like, he's a pup. He's a baby. He's had 10 fights. And I think they're moving him too fast. You know that? I really do. So, like, he's won the European title now. So, like, what next after the European title? And I just I just look at Sky. Like, you headline. I mean, I think they've headlined Adam Azim a couple of times. This is where Adam Azim should be. He should be chief support, free Dan, on a fight card with Hold you know, on Waxy a minute. And Hold on a minute, though. Hold on what? a minute. Ben Shalom can't win, though, because if you think about it, we're moaning and moaning that, like, the Chris Billum Smiths and the React Paws and, and Lawrence, they've all had these easy touches. So essentially, they're being moved along slow through Boxer. Adam Azim's mm. being moved quite fast, and you're not happy about that. I just, you know what I think? I think. Who, who did you say? Who well, did like you say? React Paul. Did you say Ben Whitaker? Uh, no, no, no. I said, like, obviously, they're, they're, they're all near the top of the game, but the Buatsis... 
They're not headlining. Um, not Boaz. I'm, I'm saying talking is about the... he's headlining on shows. Yeah, I know, but and no he's headlining to, on shows. It's no different to like Connor Ben headlining back them next gen shows back in the day. And Connor Ben is a completely different animal. I think like his style, the Nigel Ben, like exciting, like just whatever. Like I, I don't know. I just think with Adam Azim, I think you want, don't you want the whole fan base, everyone to get behind this kid? Like, like where where does he go from here? Like I was like, so he's in a hundred and forty pound division. Do you want to know who's in the top 20 fighters? And you tell me, does he deal with any of them, right? So in the in the top 20, Liam Paro, Richard Comey, then you've got Sandor Martin, uh, Josh Taylor's just gone up, Roland Romero. Beats Richard Comey, beats Sandor Martin. Matisse, Barboza, Hitchens, Progray. There's killers up there. So I'm saying he's won the European title now, 10 fights, headlining. I think the pressure is mounting to get in big fights, you know, to get a big excitement about him, I don't think he's there. And I think you're putting him under too much pressure and I think they should build him slowly. That was my synopsis. Fair enough, fair enough. You did say a few names there, though, that I did think he beats, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Oh, did you? Who? Who? Sandor Martin. Nah, Sandor Martin beats Probably the best name I think I heard was Progray. And I'm not saying he beats Progray, but I think he gives him a fucking good fight. Progray beats him. Just everyone beats beats him, him, yeah? Just you say 10 so. fights, man. 10 <laughs> fights. Yeah, no, oh, I listen, don't you're think he's sa- ready yet, but I, I, I think um, with another five or six. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I don't think the European styles. belt, um, I don't think the European belt means that much, to be honest. I don't think, like, it's the gateway to world titles and all that. It is in some divisions, but I think with a stacked division like £140, that you can win the European belt, defend it a couple of times, go and pick off a couple of WBA intercontinental fucking wank belts and couple of WBC silver fucking bollocks belts and um, just have another five or six fights building your career. I don't think you've got to start now. He's 21. He's 21. Yeah, but if you're fighting three times a year, by the end of 2025, you could be pushing for world titles. Why not? But do you see where I'm going? I feel like he's being pushed down our Mm. throat and he's 21. That's all right. There's so much time to build this kid. Mike Tyson was was world champion at 21, wasn't he? Different animal. Different, you're, like, you're talking to me like fucking lions and penguins. It's a different animal. Lions here, and man. penguins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I, look, I think Adam Azim's a very, very good fighter. And he's he's got so dynamite in his hands. He can clean you out. He can definitely clean you out with one shot. We've seen that already. He has struggled a couple of times, laboured to points victories. I mean, this one, though, this, this fella's bringing fucking pillows to a brick fight this Enoch Poulsen have you seen his record he ain't knocked out anybody yeah so um, yeah I, I think I think this would be um, a one-sided beatdown for as long as it lasts um, yeah and Jack just... Catterall does he beat Jack Catterall <sighs> that's a good uh, question yeah that's a good question you're going to say no to that ain't you John don't beat him. He don't beat him. Based on he what? He don't beat Jack Carroll. Based on just what I see that I test, it's like the counterpage. You've got to fight different fighters with different John, styles. I Johnny B, man. I don't know if you... I think you're misreading this Adam Azim situation. I think he's better than you think I think, think he's he a good fighter. I don't, I don't know. All I'm saying, we've got to see him in there and have an acid test, right? And to, to see if he's capable of winning a world title. And all I'm telling you now is the £140 division is one of the most stacked divisions there is. Fucking but Jack Cattrall's at division. the peak, though, John. He's he's up there, probably going to fight well, for the world title. All I'm saying to you is, I think they're pushing him, and he's headlining, and the kid's 21 years of age, and he's gone through the British, the Commonwealth, the European, and I just worry. I don't think in five fights he's going to be ready 
to be going for world honours at that age, 21, 22. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I don't think he is, though. Don't start. Don't start, don't start going, I might be wrong yet. now after saying all that to little fucking back out clause. I know your, I know your game, son. I know. We ain't game. seen an acid test yet, though, have we? When are we going to see one? Oh, he needs Ooh, to fight like coming. a Dalton Smith, doesn't he? When? That's probably it's going to be gonna come test. soon, isn't it? Sooner or later. But now we're going to get Dalton Smiths now, aren't we? That's what I just said, yeah. Uh, that's it, it, the Dalton, Dalton Smiths. Smith, hopefully plus. that happens and uh, and that'll be the acid test. However, again, with the old Mazur Majid stuff, I don't know if Boxer and Matchroom are going to be working together anytime soon. But anyway, yeah, let's go over to the Matchroom card. Uh, we're just touching it briefly because there ain't a great deal to talk about because the Conor Ben opponent is uh, a bit of an unknown Peter Dobson. Yeah, 16 and 0, um, nine knockouts. I watched a bit of him. I'm going to have my say on it now and you two go afterwards. Go on, but yeah, basically, this Peter Dobson, he's very game. He's well up for it. He don't mind having an exchange, but proper slow and leaves himself wide open, wide open. I think he might have a little bit of a chin. He might might be quite tough because he's, uh, I've seen a few few of his fights and he's, He's been clocked and uh, he took it okay. However, he leaves himself wide open. So uh, I've made a video on this. So I think personally, this fight has been made for Connor to look fucking exceptional because this guy leaves himself wide open. So I'm expecting a mega knockout, an explosive knockout. And then it sets up something big in the near future. So, uh, yeah, that's what I see of Peter Dobson. He ain't got any names on his record. He ain't fought anyone. And, uh, yeah, he's just um, wide open. Yeah, yeah, I can't just repeat everything you've said there. This fella ain't fought for 18 months. Never heard of the geezer before. Done a bit of research. He spent some time in a Mayweather's gym. Um, He's one of them fellas that are in and out of the sport, hasn't really dedicated his time. And uh, he's going to pay the price. I think Connor just walked through him. Four or yeah. five rounds. I think they've tailor made him to make him look fantastic, Connor here, so that it sets up a big, big fight in the future. And uh, that was kind of the Orozco fight was a little bit of a um, it was a bit of a blip, really, because we were we've been so high on seeing Connor absolutely blast everyone out of there, and then all of a sudden he got in that Orozco fight and he couldn't blast him out of there. So it weren't Gizzi a good was look. to the gills, though, wasn't it? It was, yeah, he was. But it, like, still, as a whole, it weren't a very good look. Who was? A Roscoe. A Roscoe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, as a whole, um, that weren't a great look. And uh, now, if if he does absolutely blast him out of there, he can call on the big names and it does become exciting again. Yeah. I just want Conor Ben to clear his name. I'll be honest with you. That's what I want him to do. Um, do you know what? You Back said last week, oh, fight. fuck it, just, they're all on it, let them all do it. No, I, do you know what? <laughs> fucking drug drugs, just let them all fucking have a little fucking <laughs> yeah, half Yeah, because it's true, because it's true, because people are just taking stuff or getting caught or strict liability and people are fighting on. But whatever it is, I just think that I just want to see, you know, I, I think I know what's happening here. I think Conor Ben's going to fight Pete Dobson and then his next fight will probably be past August and I think that will be two years from when he failed his first test. And then I think he'll get a two-year backdated um, ban. Exactly what happened to Tyson yeah. Fury. Tyson Fury failed his drug test nine months before he fought Klitschko and dusted off, went over there, beat him. And then after that, they banned him and then they gave him a two-year backdated one. Yeah. And then he went on and fought again. So I think that's what's going to happen here with Conor Ben. But like, I just want I just want that to happen. And then just like, get your ban and then say, oh, I don't, 
think it's right because this happened, then we can just move on. Regardless of whether he did it or he didn't do it, I just think it don't look good for the sport when there is a ban and there's not been an exclamation of why there was a ban. Do you know what I mean? But do you know what I'm going to say is I want to talk about this. So when, when Conor Ben posts anything on social media, have you seen the comments that are underneath? Yeah, they're quite, quite unbelievable. Quite toxic. It's so toxic. It's yeah. like literally most comments are like negative. So in terms of his psychology going into fights, do you think that bothers him? Do you think he cares that he's like hated by holding the, the nah, whole boxing world I, going I, into I his I personally fights? think he's fuel. I think he's fuel for him. Oh, fuel. Yeah, I do, yeah. He's always been that kind of, like an angry fighter anyway, and I think he's just double fucking angry now. So uh, I think it works for him. Yeah, I think he know I think he knows deep down that it's a short career. You know, he's he's obviously a wealthy young man now. He's got his family, he's got his close friends and you know, all the close knit people around him. And I think he's it, this has been going on for so long now. I think he's almost blocked out the outside world. I think, mm. you know, from going to being from going from being one of the most adored fighters the whole country was behind. Now he's got this shield around him. You can see it in interviews and he's coming across maybe as a little too arrogant sometimes, you know, for a man, as you say, John, that hasn't cleared his name. But maybe in his mind, he has cleared his name. Maybe he knows stuff. Look, well, he has. You he know, said, he Simon said, Jordan. He Simon said in the Jordan interview the other it. day, sorry, he, he said in the interview the other day, I'm, I'm happy to draw a line under all this drug stuff now. And it's like, oh, really? But Simon Jordan said it on one of his, I listen to talk sport every day. Um, anyone listening from around the world, it's a British, uh, it's a British sport uh, radio, radio show that we listen to over here. Um, it's really, really good. It has a really good boxing section. And Simon Jordan is kind of their lead journalist on there. And he, he basically said that he's met Conor Ben in the Grosvenor. Um, and he, he left there completely different about, you know, his outlook on what Conor Ben should or shouldn't do moving forward, what he's taken, what he hasn't taken. He stopped short on telling us what that what was in that uh, conversation. So maybe there's more to come out. But we need to know. But yeah, I know, I know. You're right, you're right. Maybe I've there's more Connor, to come out. I've met Conor Ben. He, he, I had a picture with him. He, he picked my daughter up. She's about four at the time. We had a picture. And I was chatting to him for about five or ten minutes. Lovely, lovely kid. Natural. Chatting to him like, like he's talking to me like he knew me. Right, Really, really nice guy. But it's like whatever they know, whatever evidence they've got, I just think for the, your sake... And for boxing's sake, that needs to go into the public domain. It will we do. To see it. I think it's just that's, timing. That's all I hope happens. A lot of legal stuff going on. There's a lot of timing. I think it's got to be timed right. And you may be right, John. Maybe the two years thing will come into play at some point. And people don't like him as well. And I was, I was thinking about this the other day. It's because anyone that's got a leg up in any walk of life, people don't like you for it. So if your dad, you know, is a high achiever, Nigel Ben, then he's obviously got the Ben name. People hate you for well, that. Look how much no hate. One, everyone wants. Everyone wants that story of the guy that come from yeah. nothing and fought against all the odds. They don't want that. Oh, Eddie Hearn, you're only there because your dad was Barry Hearn. Or like, no one likes that. And also, he's never won a title, was he? Conor Ben didn't win the British, didn't win the Commonwealth, didn't win the European Union, and now he's headlining in Vegas. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but European let me tell you Union. this: <laughs> I'll say the European Union. <laughs> Brexit, <laughs> boy. Got Brexit on Brexit on the mind. <laughs> That's all that cabbie talk, isn't it? You were. Yeah, you ain't laughing now, are you? In the words of Nigel Farage. Um, what I was going to say was this. Can I say this, though? After he deals with Pete Dobson, because I think he punches fucking hole through Dobson's head. I think that's yeah, what I happens. Think. I just don't think he's got fast hands. I think he's uh, 
he's, he's going to be on his toes. As soon as he feels uh, Ben's power, I think he's going to be on his toes. All he's been doing is fighting in small hall shows. This is his first 12-round fight, that Dobson. Mm. Anyway, do you know who's the perfect fight for Conor Ben? He's thinking about Lewis this. Crocker. Nah. Josh Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that it. is the perfect love fight. It. But Josh like, Taylor's going to lose to Jack Cattrall, though, so I don't think that's going to happen. He ain't fighting Jack Cattrall. Who would the fans want to win or lose that fight? Josh Taylor v Conor Ben? Oh, still Taylor. I know he ain't. I know he ain't. <laughs> still Taylor. <laughs> Poor no. Taylor. What's the whole other? of Scotland might disagree with you there, I mate. know he's a controversial figure as well, old Taylor, and uh, he's upset a few people along the way, but surely Taylor. Yeah. But yeah, great fight. Great fight. So, um, and just quickly, Johnny uh, Johnny Fisher on that card, the run for ball. He's fighting Bosh. Beezus. And uh, yeah, he ain't bad, this Beezus. Ten and one and uh, five knockouts. Uh, famously, here is the narrative. So famously was absolutely KO'd by David Adelaide last year. Oh, so, yeah, that's why they picked so, him, boys. Well, yeah, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? So assuming that the run for ball does the business... There's a very nice little narrative there, and uh, I'm sure we would all love to see that fight in the future, potentially on the five versus five from the double turkey. Yeah. Another fight. I just don't think they should rush Johnny Fisher. He had 10 amateur fights. Do you know that? What's <laughs> happened to you fights. today? I What's love going you know you? No, no, the, 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 the Adam Azim thing is a different thing. Right. That's because he's headlining. But with Johnny Fisher, <clears> like, he's not headlining. I love the- I'm not. Let me fucking. I'll give my words oh, out. Right? What I'm saying about Johnny Fisher is that he's 24 years of age. He had like 10 amateur fights. He's learning on the job, and uh, I just don't think they should rush him. Although that uh, Adelaide fight, I'm all over that. I like that Adelaide fight, mm. but yeah, like in Who that Harry that Armstrong. I'm going to back Johnny Fisher, mate. <laughs> he's from Essex. I'm going to back the Fisher, man. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, yeah, in that Harry Armstrong fight, there was a moment in that fight before he stopped him where. He was, um, he was sort of falling in a little bit, Johnny Fisher. He was sort of rushing his work. And then he sort of stopped, took a little step back, composed himself, went to work and got him out of there. So I could see the development from the raw guy that started off in his first couple of fights. And just give him just give him a bit more time. Like, no one's saying it. No one's sitting here saying about Johnny Fisher. Oh, he's going to win a world title. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. I think he's entertaining. I think his family's entertaining. And I just think, uh, just enjoy the ride and don't rush him too much would be my opinion. I don't, yeah, Ten amateur I don't think they are. I, I think they're, um, yeah, they are taking him very well. I, I know uh, Bezos is not, yeah. <laughs> it's not a massive step but the, up. The but the David Adelaide fight will be. Um, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. if they, if if he does, assuming he knocks out Bezos, it'll be interesting to see if they do put him in with Adelaide this year or if they think, yeah, maybe that is a bit too soon. Not that you can't win the fight, but just based on experience, like you say, I think I don't even think he had ten amateur fights, did he? I think he only had four. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, look, the whole of Essex is going to descend on Vegas. That's what they should do from now on for us Brits. Just put the Vegas fights on in the afternoon, so we can watch them all. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't it can be done. It shows you it four can in be the done. morning. That's what Eddie's done, isn't he? Like, just blatantly, he's gone right. We'll just pick that event. That's going to cost me fuck all. We'll get all the Essex over. We'll pack it out. It'll look. It'll be nice and loud in there. Everyone will be pissed up in the afternoon, and it will just be fucking epic. 
quite, quite. This is bl- this is blatantly right. You think about this, the, the fight cards. No one in America is interested. Think of all of the uh, the B sides in this. Mm. Look at these fighters, Bezos and fucking uh, Dobson and that. No one's interested. Yeah. This is purely a fucking jolly up for the Essex lot. Eddie Hearn's gone to his missus. Listen, <laughs> we've got a Vegas fight. I've got to go over there. He's designed it. He's even put it on UK <laughs> times. It's for the UK audience. Yeah, that's class. Nothing other than that. Love that. Fucking jolly yeah, up. Yeah, that, that. It, it's got um, Austin Williams on that card and George Liddard. Austin Williams is... He's the only American, I think. So, yeah, Eddie knew what he was doing. And something to do with uh, someone not having a British Boxing Border Control licence. But there you go. There we are. Yes, so there we are. So, uh, looking forward to that as well. Connor Ben and Peter Dobson. But, yeah, we're watching it for the old ball, aren't we, as well? The old Essex boys. Love it. So, uh, yes, interesting night of boxing. Look forward to it. Right then. It's that time, people. Mick Hennessy. Lead us in. I'm not being funny. What the fuck is going on? Thank you very much, Mick. And yes, right, we're going to do our free picks, our what the fuck is going on moments of the past week. So, Johnny B, I'm coming to you first this time. What the fuck is going on? What is your moment? Well, my what the fuck is going on was directed at myself. Because, you know, sometimes, like, one minute you hate someone, then all of a sudden you love someone. Well, after I watched the Fury v Usyk gloves are off, the face-to-face, the round the table, I realised I fucking love Tyson Fury. Do you know that? I really fucking do. There's a moment. There was a... Listen, hear me out, hear me out. There was a moment in that gloves are off, right, when um, Tyson Fury said to Usyk, no man wearing an earring is going to beat me. And then Usyk turned around and said, like, in his Ukrainian voice or whatever, there's a story behind this earring. It's for the Ukrainian people, the warriors, the Kuzak. People like this defended the country. We are Kuzaks. It's proof of my Kuzak lineage. <laughs> Fury goes to him. Yeah, but from where I come from, people wearing earrings are fucking pussy. <laughs> I just thought, listen, man, you got to have Fury, whether you love yeah, him or yeah, hate yeah. him, man. Like, who does this in, in like in press conferences? In the gloves are off and that, uh, and then like straight after that, towards the end of uh, the gloves are off, he goes. They said, oh, you know, maybe if you beat Usyk, fight Joshua next. He's like, I ain't got to fight Joshua next. You don't even need to mention Joshua. Usyk beat Joshua twice, so I ain't got to fight Joshua. Then I thought, oh, here we go. I fucking hate him again now. So that's what Tyson Fury does. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. I've heard G-Man talking about this as well. You can't say just because someone else has beaten someone that you don't need to fight that person because they've already been beaten by that other person. Do you know what I mean? Like Fury saying, oh, Usyk's fought Joshua twice and beat him so he should never be in the conversation. Styles make fights, man. They all fight each other. They'll all eventually yeah. lose to each other when you're at that top. Look at the four kings, your Durands, your Leonards and Hearns and all that, the Haglers. They all lost to each other. And this was what happens at the elite level. You say, like, look at Wilder now. As you famously said, Kaya, like, that wins age like fish for Tyson Fury. So if, if, you, if you beat Usyk, the fight's there. I mean... Especially if um, Joshua can go in and do a number on Ngannou, it's just the narrative is there for that fight. Um, but I don't know. With Fury, is he always in negotiations? He's saying that to come from a higher place in negotiations already. I mean, one thing interested me from that gloves off as well was when they said to um, Usyk about what, how do you see this fight going? Is this going to be a tactical fight? And he just looked at Fury, goes, "Don't run." 
don't run from me in the fight. But wow, what are you saying there, man? In the mind games, you can take the center of the ring, yeah. try and push Fury back. Don't run. Or is that a little little red herring there? Maybe it's not. I can't fucking I wait too to much do into our into pod this <laughs> I cannot fucking wait to do our pod on that on fight week. I am fucking... Oh. Yeah, we're all out, ain't we, boys? Yeah, on the razzle. On the razzle in London Bridge. Yep. Kaya, what's your what the fuck is going on moment? Well, look, we was all gassed, all gassed on the old Matram Queensbury 5v5, right? We're all doing our picks in that. And then when I'm fucking watching the press conference for uh, Mungia Ryder, they're talking about a golden boy, Matram 5v5. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on over here? So you start doing the matchups in your head, right? And I've got to say, when I'm starting to do them, they're better. Sorry, Frank. I love you to death. You're from the manor. But I, I think the, the matchroom golden boy would serve up a better night of boxing, in my opinion. And I've done me picks, boys. I want you. I want your opinions on it, right? So the five fights, I'm going to go in reverse order with the main event last. So fight number five is an American fight, right? So I know we all tend to pick the bricks, the Brits. But I've gone for Shane Mosley Jr., Versus Ammo Williams. Right, that's just to warm people up. Okay. After that, up steps Ryan Garcia versus Maxi Hughes. What do you reckon about that fight? Yeah, like it. Maxi Hughes gets cleaned I, up. Yeah, so I, I, I did that think fight. that, yeah, but um, I do like the fight. What's the matter you, boys? <laughs> I love Maxi. I don't think that's a closer fight than people think. I'd love I really Maxi Hughes to get the payday. I'll be with you. I'll be with that's you what that. I mean. I wanted it for that reason alone. But third down, right? I know we didn't really touch on Mosey Jr. and Abo Williams. It is what it is. Mungia, Jaime Mungia versus Billy Joe Saunders at 168. Billy Joe Saunders gets sent over the top rope, I reckon. Do ya? Yeah, he can't come back yeah. after 100 years off wearing 50 stone. Going to get in there with Mungia. <laughs> fucking do me a favour. I think that's a fucking blinding totally fight. Agree. If that's well, a, yeah, the Billy Joe Saunders that fought Canelo, then yeah. Yeah. Not now. That's the we Billy, if that Billy that Joe Saunders again. turns up, if that Billy Joe Saunders turns up, I think he's a naturally talented fire, fighter. I think it's like riding a bike for him. I think he, all he's got to do is get super fit and be on it with his training camp. I think you get a good Billy Joe Quiet, Saunders. That's like me, Sancho. In six in six months' time, let's go out clubbing. But I want the Kaya that I went iron up with when we oh, were yeah, 21. No, no. That, that, guy's geezer's, that geezer's dead. That geezer's dead. dead, mate. He's gone. All right. All right, fucking hell, this is going well. I thought it'd be better. Um, Go on, what's your last two? So I've gone for Zerdo. I've gone for Zerdo. Jubelta Ramirez versus Craig Richards. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking love Craig Richards, don't you? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I like that fight. I like it. I, I, I've gone for Callum Smith. I think it's a, a you know, comeback <laughs> fight for both of those. Jubelta Ramirez versus Callum Smith. And the headline for the main event Get on this, boys, right? Virgil Ortiz Jr. versus Conor Ben. Yeah. Yeah, love it. That's it's a thing of violence, beauty. Pure violence. Um, Conor Ben gets knocked out in that fight. Clean. You reckon? Yeah. You'd have to say oh, so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right now, you'd have to say so. You'd have to say so. But listen, it's not a foregone conclusion. Because I've seen Virgil Ortiz wobble. That is very likely, actually, isn't it, really? Con- considering that we may not ever see Ben come back to the UK. So that is kind yeah. of a likely fight. Yeah, I might clip this out and put it on one of the socials. I want to hear what 
um, some of the matchups from some of the listeners, see if they've got any better ones. If, if they have, stick them in the comments for sure. We'll have a little chat about it. Yeah, I like that though. I like that. That is a very good what the fuck is going on moment. And do you know what's annoying about that is because when they spoke to Oscar De La Hoya, and they said about the 5v5 Matram v Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya said, well, um, there's, Matram don't have any decent talent. So he just poo-pooed it away straight away. I thought, you're the oh. fucking problem, bruv. You're the problem. You know, like all these fights don't get made. Like, Eddie Irwin was open to it. Yeah, we can do 5v5. As soon as they ask it, oh, they, they don't have enough talent. So fucking sort your ego out, bro. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The double excellent turkey, you know, just calls him and go, listen, shut up, sit down. That's what you're getting paid. You're going to do as you're told. And yeah. that's the end of the conversation. Done. Yeah. Well, my one uh, tangles into what I just finished on there. And it tangles into possibly a bit of Conor Ben. Possibly. But yes, my what the fuck is going on moment is Tank coming over to fight in the UK. Mm. Fucking hell. Who and fucking when. And yeah, I've got a million questions. Why? He hasn't been over here since he fought Liam Walsh, um, who he cleaned out in three rounds. And I remember watching that thinking, my God, this guy's good. And uh, yeah, and he's obviously gone on to do what he's done. But yeah, I'm sure we're all up for it. But who could it be? Against yeah. who? Johnny B, who do you reckon? I mean, look, who knows what weight Javante Davis is? Like, one minute he's lightweight, then he's 140, then, he, like, who knows what weight he is? I mean, I think he's a 140-pounder, really. Surely that's his weight, you know what I mean? Um, I don't Adam Azeem, John? <laughs> <laughs> too, is that too fast? I think it's, it, it's got to be bullshit. Who the fuck knows who Javante Davis is over here? No one knows who he is. I mean, the hardcores know who he is, but not that the casuals. And if you're going to have a massive... You're going to have a massive American fighter. He's got to put bums on seats. He's got to sell out the O2 or, you know, the uh, Manchester Arena. So who can it That's, be? That was another question. Josh it's got to be a big Josh name, Taylor? hasn't it, for him to be over here? Because it will need, I mean, as big as Javante Davis is in America, does he sell out the O2 I think he own? knocks out Conor Ben. I think Javante Davis knocks Conor Ben yeah, out. I think you're right. Even with the size disadvantage. What are you saying? I think you're right. I do. He's an animal, man. Yeah, Tank's one of my favourite fighters on the planet. He's up there with Terence Crawford for me. And um, that one-punch knockout power, I mean, it's translated right up to 140. You've got to remember where he started as well. Now he's probably a 140 fight. You'd have to say 135 to 140, something like that. But um, I don't know. Is it going to translate up to welterweight? It might be a stretch too far. I ain't going to go as far as to say that he 100% knocks Conor Ben out. You just don't know. I mean, it's getting a bit silly now, isn't it? Or going up to welterweights, start knocking out welterweights. Don't know. He's got the skills, though, hasn't he, man? He's got the skills. Has he ever had his chin really tested, though? Nah, not that I've seen. Conor Ben could do that a little bit, couldn't he? But uh, yeah, well, it might it might all be complete bollocks. But yeah, I don't even know how that's come to fruition. That story, like who the fuck, like Javante Davis, like in in the UK fighting. Yeah, why? Just don't make sense, does it? Yeah, well, what's the why? Can't work it out. Anyway, yeah, it's um, Michael Benson said it, so uh, not that he, everything he says is bang on correct, but um, it does get a lot of things right. So uh, there was obviously rumbles of it. Don't know, don't know. Do you want to add another little quick one? Just two minutes on. Just one comment each from both of you. What do you reckon about this recent, um, pre- not, not press conference, it was like a little show they did on Sky Sports talking about Boatsy Aziz and Ben Shalom weren't nowhere to be seen. Do you think these days are just numbered well. now? phased out in it boy. Well, do you reckon that's what it is Savage Dan uh, Johnny Nelson I think there was a 
Adam Scott. Uh, Spencer, Spencer Fearham was on there, and um, one other. I can't Adam remember Scott in it. He, he seems to be. Uh, I mean, what's the deal with that? When there's press conferences, like Adam Scott is doing the questions, and like Ben Shalom sitting next Scott. to me, like <laughs> he's the golfer. Is it Adam Scott? Andy's what's his Scott name? In it. <laughs> Andy Scott, is Adam, Adam Scott like a producer? Ridley Scott in it, is he the one who done fucking um, Avatar? But yeah, you, you imagine back in the day, Eddie Earn, Eddie Earn was on all of these things, wasn't he? Every single YouTube video talking about the fights or Sky, it was always Eddie Earn. He was doing fucking workout routines. He was doing um, back-to-back questions with Joshua, Anna Woolhouse interviews. It was all over the shop. And yeah, Ben Shalom, man. Like, I, I do think there's a little bit of something fruity going on with this Mazamajid stuff because uh, I was reading it the other day, man. I know we're a bit late to the party on this, but fucking hell. Matram is suing them for 7.7 million. This 80 oh. grand in a in a uh, brown plastic envelope has, uh, yeah, been caught being given to him, that Mazamajid. And apparently, Ben Shalom apparently handed it over. And Ben Shalom was questioned on it. He was questioned on it, and they said, did you hand over any money to this guy? And he went, no. And then they asked him again. He went, no. And then later on, he admitted he did. Oh, no, well, well, allegedly, because I think, did, did he uh, admit on the third time that he knew who it was? I don't know if he's admitted handing over money over. Yeah, well, okay. But it's still coming from... I think they said he didn't know who the guy was first time. Second time, didn't know who he was. And then on the third time, he admitted he knew who he was. And then a representative from Sky Sports. But that's probably had, bollocks, isn't it? Because that Mazza Majid has been working with um, Amir Khan for a long time. And the Khan v. Brook fight, he would have been a very prominent figure in that. Oh, it's all a bit it's all a bit oh. up in the air, man. But it, it, just, it just works in tangent that we're seeing very much less of Ben Shalom whilst Matram are suing Sky and Boxer, or maybe just Boxer, and yeah, he's taken a backward step whilst all this has come about. So maybe it's all linked. Don't know. Give the broadcaster to Sam Jones. Yeah, Get man. Sam Jones in the door, mate. It made me laugh because in the article they said Sky Sports were um, obviously very keen on moving away from the years of promoters working with the likes of Daniel Kinahan. So they got a squeaky clean cut Ben Shalom. And now he's been working with Mazza Majid. <laughs> Thing is, though, if you've gone to prison for match fixing in cricket, right, you shouldn't be able to be an agent in boxing. You shouldn't be nowhere near contracts, boxing, money, sky. What do you mean, mate? That's the perfect fucking training to get into this game, son. Yeah, the Wild West, son. You but fucking knows every you're trick. Also, you said it earlier, Kai. Fucking Joshua Boazzi, man. Like, how clean cut is his image? Right? And, and he went, and this Mazza Majid, he must have known who he was or must have found out who he is. And when he, he took him on as his manager, it's like, why would you do that? Honestly, that's in the world. Yeah. It's up there oh, with no, the fucking it? pyramids, that one. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Makes every sense. Just offered him a bunch well, of money. Uh, yeah, money, money was free. There's loads of agents out there. Like, why has he yeah, got all of them guy? do it by the book? He obviously didn't do it by the book. I mean, look, this is all alleged. We can't say any of this, but for sure, just don't want to fucking start getting emails and all that. But it's... Emails? It's, whatever, phone calls. But, you know, allegedly... It is what it is. So <laughs> <laughs> you shit yourself, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's 
Oscar. When, when he heard oh. the knock on the door, he went, you know he's gone. <laughs> yeah, look, look. Do you know oh, what? Mate. That's exactly what I do. My kids come in asking for sweets and they put me under pressure. Dad, Dad, can I have sweets? Go, go on then. <laughs> But that's what's uh, happened with Josh, isn't it? Joshua Bawatsi. He's been he's been turned by money. That's it. Yeah, must have. You know, been, promises yeah. of extra money here, there, and everywhere. Which yeah, but is he getting any more money through dealing with this geezer than he would have been dealing with fucking I don't know whoever any other manager does that? There's loads of eight boxing agents out there. Why are you with this fucking geezer? Because of some went convincing people out there, mate. Went to prison. Why? He's got. Reckon he done his due diligence and done his own work on him. He must have known who he is. He do you must know what have we done. need to do, boys? I think we need to get Joshua Boatsy on the show. Fucking hell. <laughs> I'd rather get Mazamajid on the show. There's more chance about finding about, about the pyramids, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is. If anyone's got Mazamajid's number, we'd love to have him on. <laughs> He's got some questions oh. to answer. Fucking <laughs> hell. Love to uh, get him on the old fight predictions. Yeah. So there we are. There we are. Um... I think that covers it, boys. Anything else that you wanted to throw in the mix? Yeah, just one quick thing. Quite excited about the PBC card. Um, Tim Zhu versus Furman. And then the undercard, Riley Romero, Pitbull, I think. Quick predictions. I think Tim Zhu's too much. Keith, Keith Furman's had two fights in five years. Are you joking? Is this a years? joke? Is it you are excited for Tim Zhu v Keith Furman? Yeah. Nah. I, like, I like watching Tim Zoo fight. I nearly I like put it. that in my what the fuck is going on moment. That's what I think about that fight. Listen, Keith Furman had a lot of fucking juice behind him back in the day. I know he ain't got, he ain't got much left. He ain't got much left in the tank. He ain't got but, much you know. left on the whole head. Yeah. But Rolly Romero versus Pitbull, you've got to lean towards Pitbull for that, haven't you? Like, no one really rates Rolly Romero. It's, he's, it's only a matter of time before he loses again, but maybe he's better than we think he is. Who knows? But I'll, I'll lean towards Pitbull for that. So Tim Zoo, Pitbull, double. Stoppages, both of them. Fair enough. What about um? Yeah. What about Kelbrook yeah. and uh, Chris Eubank Jr.? Think that'll happen? Another another fighter managed by Mazar Majid. Yeah. Mazar, we should call him Bizarre. Like out yeah. of the Bizarre Majid. Yeah. Um. I mean, do you know what? I tell you something. I would rather see Kelbrook if he does come back fight Chris Eubank Jr. than Conor Ben. I just think stylistically. I don't rate Chris Eubank Jr. And I think, you know, obviously, at, at, way at the end of his career, Brooke, he probably shouldn't even come back after having his face broke a couple of times. But if he does come back, he probably got enough to deal with Chris Eubank Jr. Well, yeah, I've seen a lot of people sort of slating that fight, going, no, nah, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see Kel stay retired and whatnot. But if he wants to come back, I think that's a perfect fight for him, really. I do. I love it. Yeah, I'm mate. all over it. Listen, 37 years of I hate. never did want to see him fight Conor Ben. No, I'd like either of those no, but I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think that's bad for for uh, Kel because I think Connor would, especially a couple of years ago, I think he, he would have cleaned him out. I don't know. I don't know. Kel's an excellent, excellent shot picker, unbelievable counter puncher, timing. Um, yeah, that's that way. That's why he knocks knocks a lot of his opponents out, isn't it? It's just timing, crisp, clean timing. I don't. I don't know if you lose that. Maybe you do a little bit at his age, but. I'd, I'd be deal me in for either of those fights. I don't know what people want. I mean, it's all right when you're watching Zilly Zhang at fucking 41 fight and who else, you know, in their 40s fight. You know, everyone's happy to watch that. But Kelbrook, yeah, nah, right. leave him there. He's too old. I mean, his last performance was good against Amir Khan. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I know these are heavyweights. Wrong, yeah. and I, what I meant, was, what I meant but... was I thought it was a, at the time, 
Connor Ben was a fucking animal, right? For whatever reason. But still, he was a fucking animal. And I thought Kel looking to retire, I just thought he would destroy him in the way that Connor Ben destroyed all the other people who were on their on the brink of retirement. Do you know what I mean? But I, no, I'd, I'd fucking mm. watch it. Don't get me wrong. I'd pay for it. Pay-per-view, definitely. But the thing with uh, Connor Ben v. Kel Brook, that Pete Dobson, he said a great little quote about Connor Ben. He goes, he's like the guy that can dunk the basketball, but he can't get to the hoop. <laughs> so the thing is with Conor Ben is that he's, you know, he's got the, it seems like he's got the skills, got a devastating punch. Can he get to the hoop on Kel Brook and land that explosive punch? Yeah. Don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, yes, that's it, boys. I think I very much enjoyed it. Hope you have as well. And uh, yes, Buatzi Aziz this weekend, Connor Ben and Peter Dobson, and of course, the run for bowl. Fucking bring it on. Lovely jubbly. It's been a pleasure, chaps. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. And we'll see you double soon. Peace out for now and bye.